0: Uh, Non-discretionary expenses is 60% of your income, basically. 20% is discretionary. Spending, dining out, restaurants, travel, movies, whatever it is, that should be 20%. And then the last 20% should go to saving and investing.
1: Time for a change now! No hesitation, tune in, yo, is Motivation. It's all about your will, when your enemy is weak, go for the kill. Welcome to the show, Maz. Welcome to Shotcast episode 20.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Ace. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you for being a part of it, man. I know you're uh, extremely busy right now, especially as a financial planner, especially in this kind of market with this chaos going on outside. I know there's people selling their stocks and getting out. There's people buying and getting in. So it's it's a really crazy time for investing in finances right now. So thank you for making the time. And uh, today we're here to talk to you guys on Shotcast episode 20 about uh, financing and budgeting with a good friend of mine, Mazin, who's actually a financial advisor, my financial advisor as well. And I wanted to bring you on the show because I thought it's an extremely important time to be talking about financing and budgeting. You know, you have some of the population right now that's struggling. Maybe they're not working anymore because of the conditions outside uh, with the coronavirus and things going on of that sort. And they might be a little worried. Maybe they need to hear from somebody like you of things they should be doing right now. And you have the under uh, the other end of things, you know, people that are blessed and fortunate to be uh, still working right now. And maybe they have some questions of what they should be doing with their income or with their assets and things of that sort. So I kind of want to bring you on the show today and just pick your brain a little as far as uh, financing, budgeting, your recommendations, your experience, and uh, what you think of overall those two topics. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Absolutely. Again, thank you for having me. So. Um... I've been with North Costa Mutual for around seven years doing financial planning. And um, definitely, as you mentioned, these days are really tough for some people. Um, others basically uh, who are still working are finding it an opportunity to get into the market now. So um, one thing that I'd like to tell some people who are still working and uh, they have some some good income Um, it's the best time to start uh, even if they do have their 401ks or IRAs or whatsoever it is advisable to have a small fund add some money to it uh, have it invested in the stock market it's at all times low so usually um, when the market goes down it's the best time to buy uh, with, I mean, nowadays, people are just calling and wanting to get in the market, buying stocks and bonds or mutual funds, um, diversifying their portfolio. Others are calling at the same time and are afraid they want to get out of the market. Now, that is something that you should not be doing. Nobody should be getting out of the market. The market will end up recovering average two years. Um, the money or actually the market will go back to where uh, it was. It will recover the value of any person's uh, investment will go back up. So it's best to keep things as is. If you have some extra money, invest, but do not sell and get out
1: of the market at this point. Um, So your advice for everybody out there right now that's maybe panicking, Like, I know I looked at my 401k. I had a nice drop in it, right? Uh, I didn't panic, though, because I talked to you. But uh, people that are out there that are panicking about their stocks, bonds, or investments, or their portfolio, your advice to them is just stay calm. Two years average, typically things go back up. Relax. Don't sell out. Don't take out. Sit on it for now and let it come back up.
0: Especially people, people who are young. They still have maybe 20, 30 more years the market to recover and then you know there's a long time it's not like someone is nearing retirement this year and oh my god unfortunately i can't retire because the market went down the value of my investment or retirement went down if that's not the case you know you have to keep your money even if a person is close to retirement or this is their retirement you know year what usually happens is they will tend they tend to work maybe an additional year or two wait for the market to recover and then they're able to retire with the same amount that or they
1: originally had before the market crashed. Awesome. So nobody should panic, they should stay calm.
0: One of the most important things that you should be thinking about is how long do I want to keep this money in? Do you want to keep it for what two months, three months, one year, two years, five years, ten years The longer you plan to put this money forward, the return is going to basically be higher. You're giving it a more time frame for the money to grow. Um, So what we need to differentiate here, there is um, one or two things that people are doing, either investing in the market on their own or within their retirement planning, their 401k and IRA. When you're working on a 401k and IRA, Uh, One important thing that everybody should be doing is called an investor profile. This investor profile basically measures how risky you are or how conservative you are. So if you have your money put into a retirement plan and your money is there, basically make sure your risk profile is aligned with your own situation, how old you are, how long you want to keep putting money in this, how long do you need to keep on withdrawing money from it? So this all plays into getting your um, the score to determine whether you are an aggressive investor or a safe investor. As far as putting money in the market on the side that has nothing to do with the retirement planning, which are called qualified funds, you basically, you could create your own thing. You could put the money in today. Tomorrow, the market goes up. You could sell. You could do whatever you want. But just to let you know, in non-qualified funds, if you make any profit at the end of the year, you're getting a 1099 and you have to pay taxes on whatever profit you've made.
1: So it's it, it's obviously varies depending on your goals and how long you want to keep your money into those uh, accounts. And f- from what you're saying, the the longer you wait and the longer you put them in, the bigger the return, of course. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's all always- true. Gotcha. Okay. So when we started talking about, you know, uh, just meeting, um, Ace, we talked in general uh, about financial planning and budgeting. Financial planning is a bigger picture. It's not only talking about, you know, only retirement or investing in the market. It's there is much more into it. I think I emailed you a couple of things. One of the things that I emailed you is basically the pyramid. Yep, there you go.
1: The pyramid. The pyramid, yes.
0: Yep, yep. So basically, um, you know, this this basically is every person's portfolio. Whether he's old, young, any person will have this. Now the details of this uh, plan or deep plan will differ from one place, from one person to the other. But basically the uh, setup is going to always be the same. So the top part is usually the offensive side of planning. The lower part is the defensive um, part of planning. Defensive part of planning, there are things that we can control in our lives, things that we cannot control. Things that we can control, we work on our estate planning, we save some money for emergency funds, and we start working on our debt structure. Mostly the most concern um, that people are concerned about in their debt structures is usually their student loans. Now, I help my clients basically pay those loans sooner, With, you know, I help them basically structure their budgets and try to pay off their student loans uh, sooner than later because um, all these, you know, the student loans, basically, they have compounded interest. So it's basically interest. Mm -hmm. The sooner they start paying, the better they are. Um, And then the other things that we're talking about is, again, estate planning, obviously done through an attorney and then emergency fund. You could create a sub-account with your bank you know, save some money um, on the side and label it as an
1: emergency fund. So you call this defense, you call this defense. uh, Why?
0: So defensive side of planning, uh, because people do not know what their, what life is going to, you know, um, come up with. We we want to, sometimes, sometimes a person might get sick or disabled or, you know, run out of, you know, the business is not doing well. Um, They're laid off for a certain period of time. So So this is as of like worst
1: case scenarios. This is like you have to have an emergency fund. If you have a good debt structure, you're not in trouble when things happen. So this is like worst case scenario. These things have to be lined up and structured right for you.
0: Exactly. The biggest question is how much do I keep in my emergency fund? So when you're thinking of emergency fund, you're thinking about, you know, your monthly expenses at home. So let's say, you know, your monthly expenses are $5,000 monthly, and these are basically non-discretionary spending. Non-discretionary means, you know, your mortgage, your insurances, uh, things that you need for, you know, daily living, the expenses that you need to keep a roof on top of your head. And it's basically for whatever period you're comfortable with. So if you're comfortable with six months of a cushion, that's going to be 5000 times six months. Keep aside $30,000. You put them in an account or sub-account. That's called an emergency fund. You don't even touch that account unless God forbid something happens.
1: Got it. Okay, then let's move to the right side. The uncontrollable or offense next?
0: Right. No, so let's move to the uncontrollable. The uncontrollable basically that you have no control over, but you can basically plan to mitigate the loss or the effect of whatever is happening. And these are basically three things. Um, God forbids, it's death. Or disability, or a long-term care event that would, you know, put a person at home, unable to go to work, where they need probably a 24-hour assisted, assisted living um, um, help. So these things that we cannot control. If God forbids any of these happen, we basically need a plan. So God forbids any of this happens and you're, you don't have a plan for it, what happens? Everything in your financial planning in this pyramid will basically collapse just because of these one of these three. Mm-hmm. So it is very important to buy some level of insurance to protect these life insurance, income insurance, and long-term care. Usually long-term care, people in their 50s start thinking about it, but um, the sooner you start with the first uh, two, the better, basically, the less expensive they are, the better, um, you know, physical condition you are uh, to, uh, to get them. So this is basically Got the it. defensive side of planning. You get your insurances in place, yeah. you get your emergency fund, structure, uh, paying your debt, and that should put you at least on the first right track.
1: Okay. Then you have your offense on top. Exactly. So the offensive side of
0: planning is basically putting money um for investment, making your money work in the market. And these could be any investments. It could be real estate, it could be stock market, it could be your, you know, 401k or IRA, whichever it is. So whichever you feel comfortable with basically um Uh, where to put your money, that would be the offensive uh, side of planning. This will basically help you accumulate wealth, increase your wealth. Um, Most people do Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, do you ever recommend that that you only share, that you only save up uh, emergency fund and then you stop saving cash? You should automatically invest elsewhere.
0: Absolutely. It's um I mean if you're keeping your money in the bank, Ace, um what is the bank gonna give you for your money? You have a hundred thousand, oh. you know, in the bank, thirty is emergency fund, the other seventy thousand dollars just laying there, it's not doing anything. So you might as well find something, you know, to invest it and in, get some return on your money, let your money work for you.
1: Got it. So you talked a lot about the the defensive side, and it sounds like a lot of budgeting, and you were telling me how if you're going to talk about financing today, you should also talk about budgeting, because budgeting is just as important. Could you explain to me why budgeting is just as important, and what kind of uh, advice you have for folks on budgeting, and why it's important, and why we should be doing it?
0: Of course. So if you don't budget, basically, you're going to be spending everything that you make you're not going to be able to save you're not going to be able to invest you're not going to be able to put any money on the side for maybe college education for the kids or you know retirement and whatnot so rule of thumb there's something called the twenty sixty twenty rule where you basically um, you have your income is basically gross your um, medical expenses go out of that account. And then you put some money uh, for taxes on the side. If you're a W two, the taxes are taken out, you know, um, automatically. If not, you have to put that money on the side or pay it quarterly. Make sure you're paying, you know, that amount. It's usually twenty five percent as a safe amount to move on the side to put on side, uh, and pay for your taxes. So after that, you get your um, net um, income. From the net income, you have you have to cut it down to three things. You have your non-discretionary expenses, which is basically your mortgage, cable bill, water bill, electricity, phone, anything that keeps a roof on top of your head, monthly expenses for food and whatnot, schooling for the kids. Your insurances are part of it, your life insurance, your income insurance. Uh, Non-discretionary expenses is 60% of your income, basically. 20% is discretionary. Spending, dining out, restaurants, travel, movies, whatever it is. That should be 20%. And then the last 20% should go to saving and investing.
1: Mm -hmm. That's how you'd break down a budget. Exactly. Okay. So if you could go back 20 years from now and give your young self advice on budgeting and and finances, what would that advice be that you'd give yourself you could go back in time?
0: Yeah, start investing in a retirement uh, fund soon. If you, if your company does not offer you a 401k or a 403b, start your own IRA. Put some money on the side. Um, do your insurances. You got life insurance. Very basic, simple life insurance. Get it when you're wrong, when you're young. You're really um, in good health, in good shape. It's really inexpensive. It would be less than your cable bill cost. And you keep it. Whether you work in a company or not, it's irrelevant because chances are you might not keep on working for the same company forever. So once you leave that company, you lose all the benefits. You need to go back and start searching for all these benefits again. So get it when you're young. Start some retirement. And the more you put money in it, the more this this amount grows. Studies show that the younger you start saving with a lesser amount, the more money, the possibility for you to um, get a healthier retirement is more probable than a person who starts in their mid-30s and puts double or triple the amount that a 20-year-old starts with. The 20-year-old will end up having more money in their retirement than a 30-year-old, even though the 30-year-old would be putting double or triple that amount.
1: Wow, that's a great tip there. So definitely start when you're young for anybody listening, Absolutely. which is awesome. So uh, there was an interview conducted a long time ago that uh, that I got to see with Warren Buffett, and uh, he gave one piece of advice, and uh, that was just invest in the S and P five hundred and don't look at it for ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty years. And that's that's financial advice that I followed, you know, religiously. And I haven't even looked at it yet and I've been doing it for quite some time and I know that it's it's been doing good before this whole crash happened and stuff because of uh, the coronavirus, but I know that'll go back up like you said, so I'm being patient. Do you have any uh, 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 advice similar to that or what do you think of that advice?
0: So that, that's, that's an amazing advice. I would say people should be investing in the S&P 500. It is a very diverse place to put your money. They have... Several as well. There are nine asset classes out there, and the money is being put in nine asset classes. Now, within the S and P 500, there's also aggressive and conservative, and all the way in between, um, where you can basically choose those investments. So, if you are an uh, aggressive, you put it in the S and P 500, but you choose the aggressive fund. And if you're conservative, you also put, you know, conservatively. Now, one thing you should keep in mind, if we are talking about non-qualified funds, which means non-retirement money, then you should be very careful to because um, if you make money, you're going to get a 1099, you're going to have to pay taxes on it every time you get a 1099, every, every year you fight for taxes. There are some, some ways out there that you can mitigate that tax consequence or liability. Um, but that's basically, you know, there is a lot into it to talk about. But if um, it's something that, you know, someone is looking at, I would highly advise to talk to your financial advisor. What are some ways to reduce your tax liability um, with those investments? Uh, there are funds out there that address basically um, the uh, taxable um, uh, event of the profit that they make um, from the market basically when the market goes up
1: got it thank you so uh the show is called shotcast okay and we try to end it with a shot of inspiration for our audience listening if there's one thing you want somebody to take away and walk with uh for the end of the show what would that one shot be from you?
0: Uh, keep in mind the twenty sixty twenty rule. There is there is nothing like always putting that on the fridge in your house. Twenty sixty twenty rule. Because if you are not budgeting, you are spending the money. If you are not spending it, you're. Not, I mean, if you are spending it, you're not saving it. Basically, if you're not saving money, it's being spent. So when you have this 20-60-20 rule, and you cut down all your, you basically you can um, itemize basically an Excel sheet and put all your expenses. Um, you see what your itemized, I mean your uh, discretionary expenses are, non discretionary, and then what is left goes to uh, your investments and saving. Make sure you keep that 60-20-20 percent rule.
1: Awesome. Thank you. And that leads me straight into my shot here to end the show with. And uh, my shot is uh, what I've read from the book Unshakable by Tony Robbins. And uh, if there's one thing that was, uh, that stuck with me throughout that whole book, it's about talking about this era and this time that we're in right now and how it's the best time ever to invest is when things are going tough, the market's going down, there is panic out there. That is the time you should not go all in, right? But you should go uh, majority in with with whatever you have. And so my recommendation to those out there is if you do have extra funds and you do have assets or reserves, now is the time to invest because when things get better, you want to be the one to make the return in this kind of time when everybody else is selling.
0: Absolutely.
1: Beautiful. So thanks so much for being on the show. It's Shotcast episode 20. Thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys on next time. Like, subscribe and share the channel. Thank you.